Hi, I'm your host, Gregory Causey, and this is Just Cause. What's your question? So the question is, what do the Leafs do now? Um, if you're not a big sports fan, you can just disregard this. But every once in a while, I do like to uh, go into the area of the uh, the escapism of sport, particularly Toronto sports, because I'm a Toronto kid. Um, lives in Guelph, but still follows all pretty much the Toronto teams. Um, with the Leafs, it is a family affliction. Uh, my dad was a big Leaf fan, and he got to see them win. One of our things was to make sure that maybe, well, we couldn't do anything about it, but the hope was that we would be able to watch them together win a cup. Unfortunately, with his passing, they did not. And uh, the dubious distinction of the last game that we did watch together was the debacle in Boston where they blew a 4-1 lead um, in Game 7, of course, um, in 2013. And we seem to be that starts this whole thing as to where we are right now. And so I did want to go through, because you can get a sense of my historical pain with this, but since it's the day after another Game 7 loss to Tampa Bay last night. It is top of mind, and so I thought I got to express some of the things going on with it. And if I waited a few more days, the anger and frustration would dissipate. But I wanted to look at it from a perspective of reading all, you know, on Twitter and, of course, sports radio and everyone being apocalyptic about what's occurred and we have to do this and that. And so I got to give my two cents because uh, it's what I do, um, in regards to what I think they should do from a sports perspective. So little um, mindless division uh, of something that is of little consequence, because this doesn't really fit into the narrative of some of the other discussions that we do have. But one of the things with the great things with sport, and why I believe it's very popular right now, depending no matter what you fall of fandom of, of any teams, is this idea that... Um, it's one thing that can bring people together and have a sense of community. There is a lot of division out there, and this is something that you can, with sport, uh, brings people together. And you can have a, a mindless conversation uh, other than some, other than the weather about something. And uh, so, hey, here it is. Uh, the Leafs, I'm not of the opinion that you need to blow this up. Uh, it's because you can't, because you've got ones like, their core four of Matthews, Marner, and uh, Tavares and Nylander are under significant contracts. And they do, for better or for worse, are great regular season performers and provide you with an opportunity to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which we have seen in the past can be a coin flip of getting some puck luck and stuff will happen uh, with that regard. So, I'm not to that extent, but I also know that doing the exact same thing and expecting a different outcome. Well, we know what that is the definition of. And so insanity is not an option for them just to say, well, we're going to run it back and expect things. And also hearing that they should get rid of the coach, Sheldon Keefe, that uh, that is something that you could do or get rid of the GM. And what the problem with the Leafs is they've been through this. The one of the things that there's a number of these, they can win games in the first round. They just can't win the game to close out a series. And part of it is their scoring dries up and you just got to call it for what it is. I've played enough sports. I'm not at that level, obviously, but I've played enough at their levels in baseball and different things. It's, you choke. I've choked. 
Well, if anyone's played, it, it happens. And there's certain ones that are able to overcome it um, and get past that. And others, it's just as a thing and they can't do it. And as the, the, the tightens up, they tighten up and I've played against people. I've seen it with my own reaction of stuff. You, you you're not at your best and you, you, you're not optimum and you're out there, you're trying, but it, it overcomes it. And you're, you know, you Montreal, well, let's take less pressure off ourselves. Let's just do this. And then, no, we got to grind hard. You just get all in up into your head and you know, they're grinding, they're skating around, they're working. Uh, but it's, I was not surprised with the outcome uh, with it, truth be told, I didn't watch it. I've watched all the other ones, but I games I knew what was going to happen. There's one nothing or one, you know, they'll get a goal. It won't be one of their core four that gets it. And it pretty much followed the script uh, as to what I've seen over the last few years of them, you know, three nothing, one nothing, two one last night. It just is what it is. And when you need it the most, they're not there. That's not to say that they're not good players and that they will not at any point in the future. I'm not definitive to this. I've watched enough hockey. Steve Eiserman, the same thing. He can't win the bit. All of a sudden, with the right surrounding cast, things can happen. So what should they do? Well, one thing is the GM, I think, is fine. I think he's done a phenomenal job of trying to put together a mix of bottom six, improving that, did it, doing great jobs at the trade deadline of adding certain components. Giordano was, was a great ad this year. It wasn't defense. I think his faith and understanding his team as it relates to the goalie, a lot of people were, you know, commenting that Jack Campbell, this isn't the guy. A lot of people, myself included, go a little too much on goalie because it is such an important position in hockey, but it, hasn't been the issue with it. It really wasn't the issue last year. You now people, oh, we letting that one soft goal against one. Year. Yeah, one goal. You're not your team's not designed for that. Should be the the be all and end all. But it is. You know they they've shown that they can play relatively solid defense um, when the chips are down in a game seven. You know they're not perfect. But not too many teams are, and you shouldn't have to be just completely lights out and just maximize or focusing on the one area. So I wouldn't go after the goal. I uh, wouldn't go after the GM, the coach. The problem with that with Sheldon Keith is, okay, you just had Babcock. You brought in this great hockey mind, proven winner, knows what it takes to win. Yes, had issues and everything was came out afterwards about his personality and other issues, but I still knew how to win. And people were upset, wasn't playing the Marner and Matthews particularly Matthews enough. Maybe he knew something, you know, I'm not in the room. You're not in the room. Maybe there is something where he's like, this guy doesn't have it. And I'm going to make him, I'm going to break them to get them to that. Well, they didn't like it. So they stopped playing for him and they lost and lost. And it was, they weren't even going to make the playoffs because of what went in. So they put a player friendly coach in that Sheldon Keith, that they get along, who plays them and they'll play for, and they do. And they, you know, respond and they do well in the regular season, but they're still not there. So you could fire Keith and put in Barry Trotz, but I'm not sure this group's going to play for him because he will try and do, because I think Barry Trotz is all the things that people are saying. Is this qualified winning coach and would make them do the things that they need to do to win, but just because he barks it out and says it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And I could see, you know, well, good for you, bud, but uh, we're not playing for you. And this team has that ability. There's some coach, you know, they did it to Babcock, and I'm not you know, convinced they wouldn't do it to it. And then what are you doing? You got all these stars and they're not playing for the coach. Well, then you're going to fire the coach again and look for another guy like Keith, who's you're back to where you are again. We've already done that. So 
I don't think Keith is terrible in the, in the strategy. I'm not a expert hockey guy. I'm not going to go and do X and O's with you and everything, but from what I can all by all accounts, it's that he's not an issue in terms of strategy. And in fact, if they had won last night or game six, everyone, all the puckheads would have been screaming his praises because if you just listen to the Toronto media and the puckheads, who just go back and forth, whether it's a win or loss, you'd swear the person doesn't know anything if they lose and they're a genius if they win. And there isn't a level of consistency uh, after it. So I don't see that being the issue if you want to change something. The problem is that it's core four, they're not getting it done. So you do have to look. I'm a big believer in sport that it is the players. The coaches can certainly have an influence, but at the end of the day, particularly this, when you've done the coaching, you change this, you change the goalie, to, then who's consistent through all this? We know who that is. I know it's the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. People, well, we can't touch that. And you're right. Like, I don't looking to blow up everything. But Austin Matthews would really be the only guy that I'm looking that I see enough of the talent and everything else that is there consistently um, that with the help, I mean, it's his team. And that was the only issue I had with Tavares is it took that away from, from Matthews. This is his team. He really should be the captain. This is his team. And there shouldn't be any doubt about that. And Tavares, again, if anything we've done in the past is we need to bring in more players who have won. Tavares had his own baggage coming in. Very, very talented but didn't have a great record of playoff success with the on the island prior to coming here. You need to bring in some winners. I like the old guy model. I like what they've done with Marlowe and Thornton and having these guys that, oh, they're going to try and win, and they Simmons and Spezza. The issue with it is none of those guys have won. The only guy on the team who they can even point to and saying have been there is Jake Muzzin. You need some few more guys in it who know what it takes to win, who can guide this group along. If nothing else, that they are able to offer that perspective of it and a more of a winning attitude. There is an aspect of that 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 team is missing. And if it's not going to happen organically, as it hasn't for how many years now, then you need to bring those players in. Look at the Raptors. Anybody who followed them, it was an aspect of Kawhi. I'm going to grab you by the scruff of the neck and I'm going to tell you how this is done and I'm going to show you. And that would be the one aspect. If you are bringing an older guy, it still needs to be somebody who can contribute and play and not just be somebody who's just going to get fourth line minutes, who's not going to have any impact. They have to be out there. Corey Perry comes to mind what Montreal had last year and is, you know, Tampa very smart picked him up, you know, I would have this year, I would have loved to have a Ryan Getzlaff, somebody who's still Jonathan Taves, Dowdy, somebody who, yes, is one of these 30-something in the twilight of their career, but has won and would love to win again in Toronto to be part of that icon like Kawhi was before he left of, you know, keys to the city, whatever you want, because whatever it is, this group needs that player to show them. And even if it's for one year, like look how big the Raptors are and how it brought everybody up, just having somebody show them the way. And even if you could convince Getzlaff, come out of retirement, the only problem with him is it can't be somebody who can't contribute. It has to be solid. And that's why you have to get rid of you know, if you're not going to get rid of Marner and Matthews, then Tavares is going to be difficult with his contract, but you're going to have to get less back and hope that you're getting more in the intangibles. And Nylander, even if you're getting nothing back and it's a salary dump, they do need to have some greater flexibility when injuries happen to have a backup. They're very much, you know, 
because of not having much money, the situation they've put them in, they've really doing it like a razor thin margin. They've got away with it. And I think Dubas has done a fantastic job with it. And I don't blame, I, you know, if I assume that he's doing what I would do, he's just, you know, you, you got some guys here who just can't get it done and to think that all of a sudden they're going to no, there needs to be some changes and i would do it with looking at some veteran presence that can still play the only issue i would have with keith in the whole thing is and again you're damned if you do damned if you don't but you know that in these core games they don't play uh the core doesn't get the goal doesn't get the first goal i you, you hate saying it but babcock played some of the other guys that he knew were going or maybe had a chance to score and that's why he curtailed their minutes a little bit that's hard to do though when these guys are getting paid so much that's what puts you under fire by why aren't you playing them the easy thing to do is just keep rolling them out there but if you know they're not going to score you just get a feeling that no matter what unless it's an empty net this thing's not going in in a game seven, in a deciding game, when you need a goal. I've even noticed that during the playoffs, like the first goal, Jake Muzzin usually will get that first goal because they're just that nervous energy. And until somebody breaks through, oh, okay, then they get going. And they're not going to be that that person. So that has to that has to change. That has to be a breakthrough that they look at for it. But you can't just, there's not a situation of blowing the whole thing up because that's, just not going to happen. Um, and you can't do that because they do give you a chance each year. And for money and ratings and everything else, um, that's that's not where they should go with it. But adding, look at Nylander. I'd like to, I think Mikhailov is a, is, a, is a great player. I think they do have a few young players that I don't want to see go. Um, and if we have to pay them more and a guy like Nylander goes, that's fine. And if you don't get much in return for it, it is change for change sake. And people are saying that as it relates to the coach, they're saying that relate to Campbell, but they're not the issue. You need to address, if you're going to do a change, you got to take a little bit of a risk with it and change that aspect of the the core. And I don't think getting rid of Tavares and or Nylander is necessarily going to change that um, in regards to them not being able to make the playoffs in the fall in the, in the, in the uh, next year. I don't see that as the issue. I think they have enough structure. I, I like their game. I'd like them to keep their defense and keep the other aspects to it. And I think they're solid enough that with the imbalance in the league that they'll make the playoffs again. Um, but again, it will be at the very least, it'll give someone like myself, okay, well, I'll watch this because it's a bit of a different story and see if uh, a supporting person can bring them over the hump with it. But again, have to be able to give them minutes so they have the opportunity to contribute and they're just not an assistant coach. And that was the only thing with Spezza. Loved them in different roles, but he wasn't playing enough top line minutes uh, to have that impact. And you have to have that one out there who's still going to do that. Like a Corey Perry, I saw him still on the power play with it. And if Getzlaff can, you know, you can get him to be, to have some dominance, whatever with it, you know, that would be it. Now you can, you can bring out, you know, Dowdy, Taves, you can other names, but they have to have won and they have to still be an age where they contribute. And if you have to overpay to make it happen to dump, you know, salary, and that's an unfair trade. Look who you gave them Nylander for that. You know, this person's an aging guy. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to make a bit of a head scratcher in order just to change the composition, but coaching, no. 
because they're not going to play for a guy who's going to try and break them. And they need to be broken, and that's just not going to happen. Otherwise, that is a significant move, and you probably will not make the playoffs. And are you okay with that? Because then that would be the process that would need to take place to get them. And I'm not sure Barry Trotz within a season can make that happen. It would need to be significant to to break them down. And I don't actually see Matthew and Marner. I think they know they have the power. They've got their contracts. And I think they know that they can break the coach in a battle of wills. And that's where that issue, you can try and do it to make you feel better, but that's not going to be it. Not bad people. Uh, these are Marner. They're just, you know, they've got their money and it is an element. They really want to win. I don't dispute that. There isn't, you know, there is this idea. Oh, they don't even No, They can't. They really, 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 really want to win, but they're not necessarily going to go through hell and high water to get to the situation where a coach is thinking that there needs to be the one to do it. I think they'll do it on, uh, on their terms. And, um, but we will see. It'll be an interesting off season, um, but on to the Blue Jays, on to other things, on to other things that matter. Next episode, we will discuss a little more pertinent things like the election. Um, so look forward to, uh, to that one. But anyway, this has been Just Cause, and we will talk soon.